Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 48 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, what's going on? How are you on this fine uh, Thursday evening? I am hot. It's been mm-hmm. a long week. Has It's, uh, you know, sun being out. We're uh, in the dog days of the ball season, the dog days of my hot seasons at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm heating up. And I wish I could say that there was another thing heating up. And it's not. It's not our Blue Jays. We are not heating up. Yeah, the Blue Jays just played a series. The first time going down to Camden Yards this season to play the Baltimore Orioles. And it was a three-game series. Game one, the Jays lost this one 7-4. to four. Yusei Kikuchi was bad again. Five innings pitch, six hits, five earned runs, three walks, and four strikeouts, including three home runs allowed, too, from Kikuchi. The Orioles had an answer every single time the Blue Jays scored a run. The Orioles answered with one of their own. Jays did have a home run here from Matt Chapman and Kevin Biggio. And then a three-hit game from Rymel Tapia. Game two, the Blue Jays lost this game five to or six to five as well. Rugnet Odor hit a go-ahead two-run home run in the eighth off Jimmy Garcia. Bo Bichette had a double dong, and we had multi-hit games from Santiago Espinal and Alejandro Kirk. Manoa had to battle in this one, but was solid over his five uh, innings pitched. And game three, which was supposed to take place yesterday, was delayed due to rain and will be played on a doubleheader on September 5th. So, Riley, two, we played two games against Baltimore. We lost them both. Not feeling good. As it stands right now, uh, the Blue Jays have a record of 60 and 50. We're 10 games behind the Yankees for first place in the East. Jays are still in the top wildcard spot. We're half a game above Seattle and two games up on both Tampa Bay and Baltimore. Riley, Baltimore in a playoff spot. What year is this? Man. Uh, You wouldn't have thought it, man. Uh, You said it perfectly. They answered Every time we came to the plate, man, um, they played actually very outstanding for what I thought the Orioles could do. I thought that our pitchers certainly didn't have our best stuff. I know you said Manoa battled. I was a little bit surprised he really didn't shut down those Baltimore hitters earlier. Um, and Kikuchi, I mean, just again, man, it's um, we talk about it almost every time. His ERA is just through the roof. I mean, it came down to pitching. We didn't get our pitching. I can't say that our offense was extraordinary by any means. But if we play those two games over again, Jesse, we're going we're gonna to win them. Um, it just comes down to who is on the hill. Kikuchi definitely had one of his lackluster performances. And yep. I mean, I guess we can't expect perfection from Manoa every time. Well, this is the third start in a row now from Alec Manoa where, yeah, he's put up good numbers, quality starts, but he hasn't looked the dominant Alec Manoa that we saw for stretches early in this year. That's uh, I don't know if it's him taking the comebackers off the arms that have delayed him a little bit, but you know, eight hits and five innings isn't great, especially against what is, you know, a poor offensive Orioles team. So we'll look to see if better things from Alec Manoa bouncing out uh, on his next start here. Yeah. He'll bounce back, man. I mean, he's just, he he's had great stuff. He's had great stuff this year. Last couple starts. You can blame it on the comebackers on the arm or whatever. But, um, I mean, he has a real case if he comes out and has three quality starts in his next, um, you know, three games. I mean, he's making a case for the Cy Young. I know he's got to compete with a lot of good guys. But if they start Mm -hmm. to falter, here he is, man. He's going to be our ace. He's going to be our ace for a long time. And uh, you just expect more, Jesse, from him. And uh, you're not, I mean, I know we lost two. Technically, we didn't get swept because the series has yet to be completed. So that's one bright side out of this, Jesse. And the other bright side is we still are an absolute lock for the wild card at this point, man. So don't, you know, it's, it's not a big cry. 
just it's 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 we're still battling, man. And we're going to need we're going to need this next series in order to keep on, you know, keeping our head above the water, man, because another one of these and we won't be in that wild card spot all of a sudden. Isn't that kind of crazy, too, that the Blue Jays, we have the third best record still in the American League behind only the Yankees and the Astros. And uh, we're sitting here thinking like, man, this team's stressing me out. This team's never going to do anything. But then there are fans of like the Mariners and the Orioles who are behind us in the standings. And they're thinking we have a team made of destiny. We're the best. Everything's going great. It's amazing how uh, a shift of expectations or perspective can really lead you into uh, how you feel about your team here. But uh, Riley, let's get into our thumbs up, thumbs down here. And the one Blue Jay performer who really played well to start this series was Bo Bichette. And he was coming off a series where he had seven hits against the Minnesota Twins. And we talked about him then, how we thought, man, Bo Bichette's turning on some fastballs now, and he's actually driving some things to authority. And he continued it in these two games, too, against Baltimore. Um, he had a double dong in game two of the season. Now, both of those home runs were to the opposite field. They barely made it over the fence, but... You got to play to where the field dimensions are, right? They still count all the same, whether it's uh, 390 feet or 440 feet. So um, over the past week, too, Bo Bichette's uh, three home runs is tied for second most in all of baseball, and his weighted runs created plus is fourth in the AL. So Bo Bichette's been mostly a league average player for the majority of this season now, but this is the first real extended streak that we've seen from production from Bo Bichette, and let's hope this continues more as we get into the, the end of the season here. I, uh, it was so funny. We talked last episode on how, oh, it's so good to see Bo pulling a ball. Mm-hmm. And then we get the most Bo Bichette kind of series with those home runs mm-hmm. where, I mean, to me, when you watch that pitch come off the bat, real time kind of TV camera angle, in my head, I'm like, okay, he flew out to the warning track. But those right. balls, Bo Bichette just is a lot stronger than he looks, man. And he put those balls out. I mean, hey, it's great that he – he turned on the fastballs in the last series. But if Bo Bichette's going to uh, hit a short porch in right field by just kind of slapping it the other way, I mean, I mean, you got to take it, man. He's starting to come alive a little bit. And yes, he has been a league average player. But to see these kind of spurts of magic by Bo Bichette, I mean, is 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 why we're here. This is why we do what we do, Jesse. We come in with a lot of probably the promising young players in all of baseball, Boba Shep being one of them, and we want to see him do stuff like this. Yeah, we've griped hard on Boba Shep all year, too, and it was good to see. His second home run he hit in that game was 93.2 off the bat, expected batting average of 0.90, but this is just one of those times it got over a hit. So good for you, Boba Shep. We're going to need you to pick it up and be better going forward as uh, we continue here. We're going to give another thumbs up here to uh, Alejandro Kirk and Riley going back again to what we just talked about last episode. Remember when we were talking about how it looks like he's going into another slump and that we thought, you know, we've seen this from Kirk in April and that he's not going too much about it, yada, yada. Well, he uh, he's starting to find a stroke again here. He had a multi-hit games. He had two singles up the middle in game one. And then in game two here, he had uh, two, he had three more hits. Sorry. He had a single to center, to right and to left including an RBI in there. And uh, we're still waiting for the power to come back from Alejandro Kirk. I think he's only got, what, 11 or 12 home runs on the year so far. Um, And especially if he's hitting in the three spot in our order, we kind of want to see the power numbers get there a little more. But he's finding that stroke. The batting average is going to be high. That bat and ball skills are still there. And I don't have the exact number, but uh, basic memory, I don't remember him striking out a lot in this series either, which was good because over the past like two or three weeks, his uh, kind of claim to fame was I'm not going to strike out much. And he was doing it more than he usually does over the past two weeks. So... Good for Kirk that he's uh, doing this and he's starting to look like the guy he should be on this roster. I mean, we got a we got a guy on this team, Jesse, who is, in my opinion, he's going to hit over 300 this year. 
That being said, he can't take a big, you know, he can't take nights off where he's over for. He's got to continue this out. And I mean, there are not too many catchers in Major League Baseball and in the history of Major League Baseball that have a three hundred batting average. And mm-hmm. Alejandro Kirk has a real chance to accomplish that, whether the power numbers are there or not. <clears throat> I mean, we saw Sal Perez. <laughs> hit the most home runs a catcher ever has last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't tell you what his batting average is. I'm assuming it's around the 250 mark, 260 at the very highest, but I doubt it. We got a real chance. We had an all-star. We have a guy who might win a silver slugger with finishing with 14 home runs this year, and that's Alejandro Kirkman. I mean, there's a good chance for that, a great chance for that. We could finish this year with two guys who are hitting around the 305 mark, and that'd be Lourdes and Kirk. I mean, offensively, we've struggled at times, but... uh in those bad times, it seems like Kirk just finds a way. We talk about him almost every other episode on this show. Not a lot of bad stuff. I mean, you absolutely love the guy. Jace fans love to watch him. I personally love to watch him. He's done a great job defensively this year, certainly above average, if that. And his bat has been great. His bat-to-ball skills is in the top two percentile of baseball, I'm saying. He can just get wood on the ball. Which is exactly why the Jays like Kirk in the first place, right? Just the more walks and strikeouts, too, and a guy who could put bat-to-ball skills on it, and you've seen the type of player he can become, honestly, which has been pretty good. Riley, I want to give a little mini thumbs up just to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He didn't do anything super special this series. He went one for five in both games, but he has increased his career-high hit streak up to 20 games now. So, Riley, just really quick, my question to you is, do you care about hit streaks at all? And if you do, how high do you think Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s hit streak is going to go? I'm going to say... Honestly, man, it could be 24, 25 games, and I feel like that's a great accomplishment. I uh, at this point, Jesse, Joe DiMaggio in the in the 50s hit 56. I everyone knows that 56 games with a hit. Um, I don't think that will ever be broken the way baseball's played nowadays. Right. I mean, hit streak hit streaks are great. If I mean. <laughs> If he has a uh, has a 30 game hit streak, I mean that's something to really applaud and we will we'll give him a mega thumbs up when that happens. But if we're not winning these ball games, I really don't care, Jesse. The personal right. accolades are great, but I want to talk about all nine guys in the starting pitcher having excellent games. I mean, one guy, yeah, we'll give the mini thumbs up. Tw- 20 games in a row with a hit, that's excellent. But the fact that we lost two games to the Baltimore Orioles kind of takes away from it a little bit, Jesse. That's just my opinion. Little teaser alert. Um, there was one player who a few years ago had a 30 game hit streak and uh, just a little tease to get you going. We'll talk about that player a little bit later as the show goes on. But Riley, from the positives to the negatives, and I hate to have to do this, man, but you say Kikuchi has been downright terrible and he was terrible yet again. The walks were once again way too darn high. And when he did throw pitches over the plate, they were being crushed for home runs. Like you can't be walking guys in front of a known Blue Jays killer, Ryan Mountcastle, and then serve him a tater right down the middle. Cause of course he's going to park it for a three run home run. And that's exactly what he did in this, uh, in this game. Kikuchi's ERA is now 5.13 on the season. And honestly, it feels like it should be worse than that. If you've actually had to watch you say Kikuchi pitch. Um, he's uh, his walks per nine is uh is over five and it's 1.5 more than his previous worst. So Kikuchi was never really a good strike thrower, but he was able to manage his walks this year. It's just out of control. He can't do it. He's just lost his command altogether. And Kikuchi has an ERA of 6.75 in the first inning. So it's whenever you say Kikuchi starts, the Blue Jays are always playing from behind. And it's so much harder to come back and win these games when you're constantly playing from behind every fifth day. And Riley, it seems to me like, I don't know why the Blue Jays didn't go out and try to make a, uh, 
an acquisition for another starting pitcher at the trade deadline, because if you say Kikuchi is still starting for this team every fifth day, the Blue Jays are going to be in trouble still down the stretch. The laws of averages in baseball agree with you, Jesse, that our winning percentage is going to be exponentially worse if we start Yusei Kikuchi every fifth days. Now, also, Jesse, that being said, we're at the part of the year where you and I, we've seen, you know, enough pitchers this year. I would say that between watching the National League games on the highlights, between tuning into a random Mets or Pirates mm-hmm. or whatever local broadcast game, we've seen enough pitchers <clears throat> to kind of dissect Who's wearing the league? You know, the eyeball test. I'm a big right, fan yeah. of the eyeball test. And let me tell you, my my eyeball test right now is telling me that Yusei Kikuchi might have the worst command out of starting pitchers I've seen this year. There might and be some He's not even a guy who throws too. 100. Hey, there are some – I mean, it's it just seems like it. I, I, I would like to say that my, my eyeball test is pretty good. I'm no major league <laughs> scout. But if you looked into it, I'm sure, Jesse, like his 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 whip is terrible. His base on balls per nine and the fact that he only has a 5.1 whatever earn run average is almost like uh, it, sh- it should be worse. And if he finished, because that will look awful on a baseball card to have a five ERA even. That's not a card you want to buy. And, um, you know, we came into the season high hopes for you, say Kikuchi, but he has not even come close to expectations. And I, I know you hate it. I know you went out and bought the jersey, Jesse, but he can't be here in this rotation next year. If like he's going to have to have some wicked quality starts for me to have any faith in this guy, because I've almost lost all faith in him, man. It's just it's just not doing it, man. It's just he's just not cutting the bill for me. And I imagine ninety nine point nine percent of other Jays fans. A lot of it, too, you might say, well, maybe you say Kikuchi is just having his worst like bad luck season of the year. But if you look at stuff like his Babbitt, because actually Babbitt is right in lines with his career average. So it's not just like guys are getting on base at a normally high rate when they make contact against them. It's like, no, Yusei Kikuchi has just been flat out bad. And um, there was talk now, Ross Rippling is starting a rehab assignment. So we thought maybe when he's back, he could replace Yusei Kikuchi in this rotation. But uh, maybe Yusei Kikuchi's, maybe his uh, neck strain is acting up again. Maybe we have to send him on another IL trip. I don't know. But John Schneider was asked too about what it's going to take about Yusei Kikuchi. And his quote was this, quote, he's grinding. He's going to keep getting chances and he's going to keep getting a chance to go out there and hopefully uh, hopefully string together a few good ones. Tonight was a couple of bad pitches, but he's going to get his opportunities. So again, this is another vote of confidence from the manager to Yusei Kikuchi. And it sounds like we're just going to see more of them. And I wonder how long it's going to take for more bad starts from Yusei Kikuchi until they finally do something about it. I mean, if his leash wasn't already short, it's, it's got to be way shorter. Um, that's very kind to say he, gave up a couple of bad pitches yeah, right. because <clears throat> it's it's not a couple of bad pitches and it's not a couple of bad pitches every so often it's every game every inning uh lose of loss of control or hanging pitches it's 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 one or the other man he just he just doesn't have it this year and it's it's no good it's no good he won't be back in this rotation next year if this keeps up i'm really pulling for him though at the same time i really want him to have a strong <clears throat> end of august and september man because damn it, Jesse, we need it. Look, if you say Kikuchi can somehow find a switch and he can come down here for the last like month or so and actually can just put together league average innings and say he has to get a start in a playoff game or something and say you say Kikuchi pitches well, which is a lot to ask for. And I'd be very surprised based on how he's done lately. But there's a chance this could happen. We could uh, be excited all over you say Kikuchi again coming into next season. We'll see. He'll be uh, one of the interesting storylines to talk about as we get into the offseason and whatnot. Um, but another uh, another guy we got to talk about here who's really cooled off since his hot start is the catcher, Danny Jansen. 
And Riley, you and I talked a lot earlier in the year about the power binge that Danny Jansen was going on. I think I said at one point, if he had as many at-bats as Aaron Judge, he would have like 48 home runs or something ridiculously stupid. Um, obviously, he's cooled off a lot since then. He hasn't been uh, that type of player in a little bit. Um, I'm trying to find the stats here. Yes. So Jansen hit two home runs in that 28-run outburst against the Boston Red Sox. But before then, Danny Jansen hadn't hit a home run since June 1st. So if you take out that massive game where the Blue Jays were just destroying every pitch that they saw, Jansen's gone almost two months now without a home run, which is a little wild. I know injuries have been an issue that he's been battling, and maybe he's still dealing with these nagging injuries. It's a lot to be catching pretty much every day behind the plate there. But his season line now is down to 215, 275, 477 for a 104 WRC+. And that's including the like, torrid start that Danny Jansen got on. So, yeah, it makes you wonder if he's still dealing with his injury or maybe that hot start was just a flash in the pan. What are your thoughts on Danny Jansen? I think it's a little bit of both, man, to be honest with you. Look, there's no way in any reality that that Jansen's going to finish the year with 45 home runs. Let's be real. No, and we but at that. the same time, too, I truly, I truly believe that Jansen has the ability to hit 20 for sure. Mm-hmm. Like... If he plays, if he plays the majority of starts, which he's not gonna, because Alejandro Kirk's in the lineup. But as as the dual backstops for this club, I mean, they could, they easily can supply the power. And yeah, as far as the injury goes, yeah, I'm sure he's still suffering a little bit. I mean, we saw it with um with Matt Chapman early in the year, and he came around. You know what? And I think we will see probably less of Danny Jansen the next little while. It wouldn't surprise me, especially with. Um, maybe a newcomer coming onto this ball club. Um, I'm sure we'll see actually quite a bit less of Jansen, you know, catching a few games here and there. But I think the winning strategy for the rest of this year, and I know a lot of people are on board with it, is to play Kirk. And, you know, Jansen situationally is will be very good for us defensively and offensively. He's carried a good bat. We know what he can do. We know he can put up power numbers too. We've seen it. Whether it was a hot streak or not, he started the year that way. And you know what? In key situations in the clutch, I'm sure he'll finish it that way. Yeah, I do think, too, that we're going to see Gabriel Moreno up with this team sooner rather than later, whether it's a, as a September call-up or if it's not before then. Because, um, yeah, the power numbers haven't been there for Moreno in the minors either. He's still proven that he can you know, at least hit for average and show good tools, good speed, and good stuff behind the plate just to give Kirk more of a break and just to give Danny Jansen more of a break. I don't know if that's best for Moreno's development still, but – yeah, I'd assume you'd see him up here before the season's done, just to give Danny Jansen a little bit more of a break here. Yeah, Moreno. We're, Moreno will we'll see some more playing time, I'm sure of that. And um, I'm like it'll go into next year. I'm sure that moves will be made in the off season, but we're still we're still going to see three catcher start games um, this year, and I'm sure Moreno will will see a start. Yep. I know this is just a minor thumbs down to your two um, because Riley, no matter how much you and I try, we cannot control the weather. Although uh, no matter how many dances we do and whatnot, but uh, the rain delay in game two really seemed to hurt us. Zach pop was coming in in the top of the six to relieve Alec Manoa after he finished his fifth innings and he got his warm up pitches in. He was ready to go. He was getting ready to throw a first pitch when the umpires then decided to bring out the tarps and go for a rain delay. The Jays went into a lengthy rain delay. And when we finally came back, Anthony Bass was out on the mound. So even though Zach pop didn't throw a pitch, he was technically recorded with an appearance and wasn't available to come in for the rest of the game. Now, that's not the reason Adam Simber gave up a run. That's not the reason Jimmy Garcia gave up a two-run home run to Rugnet Odor. But I just think if uh, Zach Pop was available for this team later in the game, maybe they use him for an extra inning and then they bring in Bass, and maybe that game turns out a little differently. I don't know. Um, any thoughts there, Riley, on the rain delay and how it affected their team here? 
I can't control the weather, like you said, man. Um, it's a little disheartening. I mean, no one wants to stop. I mean, it kills all momentum, man. And, and I know as we're both position players, but as pitchers, it totally changes the aspect of the game, man. I mean, it's the flip of a coin at that point, how that game's going to turn out. And clearly, we called heads and Baltimore took the tails. Right. We lost it, man. And you never, you never, of course, like to see it. But, you know, we were we got lucky in Minnesota, um, you know, maybe a call went our way in extra innings and, you know, whatever, you know, everything works out in the wash. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure next time we see Baltimore, you know, the results will be very different. And I'm hoping for that, man, because at that time we will have um, a full fledged roster of 28 guys. And I think that our 28 guys will absolutely walk all over the Orioles, 28 guys. Yeah, we didn't get to touch on that because we were recording while the uh, last game of that Minnesota series was still being played. But do you think that uh, Gary Sanchez was blocking the plate there and that Whit Merrifield should have been safe, or do you think he should have been out on that last play there? Yeah, like it's uh, – I mean, listen, we won the game, but yep. I'm a baseball guy. I mean, you watch how Gary Sanchez blocked the plate. I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't either. Um, I think Rocco Baldelli – I Baldelli made an excellent case. If you're going to get, if you're going to get booted as a skipper, that's the way you want to do it. I mean, listen, I'm Jay's fan, but I think I said in episodes one, two or three, like I'm a fan of the game of baseball and I like the integrity that baseball is. I'm still a guy who wishes that you could go in and break up a double play. Um, that's kind of the game I grew up around and should be. I mean, these new rules, listen, are put in for player safety and I'm all on board with that. But it totally takes takes away the sport of baseball. Baseball is one of the oldest sports ever. It's a tradition. They call it America's pastime here. Jesse and our Canadians and absolutely love the sport. Live by it. Die by it. And, you know, if this was 2004, we would have had a guy like A.J. Przinsky getting steamrolled and right, punch right. him in the face and a brawl ensues. <laughs> I mean, that whole aspect of the game is taken away because player safety. I get it. We got the Chase Utley rule at second and we got the Buster Posey rule because those two guys, or I should say the Flores guy got uplifted by Chase Utley, but we got these rules to protect players. And I'm all about that. I got to say, I'm glad we won the game, but Gary Sanchez did an amazing job how he fielded that ball. I think uh, what we wanted to see is we wanted to see Whit Merrifield go out and tackle the hell out of Gary Sanchez to try to get past him on the plate there. But Credit to where credit's due. Whit Merrifield, he knew the rule. He knew what the rule was. He slid properly to try to get the rule done. So good baseball play from Whit Merrifield. And I guess that deserves a little bit of a thumbs up for him there. Uh, moving on to news and notes, Riley. Riley, the Blue Jays are in agreement with outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. on a one-year deal. Otto Lopez was sent to AAA in his replacement. Uh, Jackie's best tool is his speed and his defense. Now, we saw the Blue Jays were interested in Jackie Bradley Jr. in the offseason. There was actually a report from Ken Rosenthal that said the Blue Jays tried to trade Randall Gritchick in order to acquire Jackie Bradley Jr., but Milwaukee went with um, Boston's package instead. They went not with Hunter Renfro. Um, for what it's worth on the season, he's hitting a minuscule 210, 257, 321 on the season. But for what it's worth, he does do some things well. He's one of only six batters this year who's hit a home run off Kevin Gosman. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And Jackie's best at hitting the four-seam fastball. According to a stat called Run Values, he's the seventh best player in the game at hitting the four-seam fastball behind well-known sluggers like Juan Soto, Matt Olson, and Francisco Lindor, and just ahead of guys like Jose Ramirez, Paul Goldschmidt, and Kyle Tucker. But the problem is pitchers have been attacking Jackie Bradley Jr. with off-speed stuff, and it's been working. Jackie Bradley Jr. cannot hit that type of stuff. 
at all. But there's a chance here. Maybe if he's coming off the bench and he's facing against a fastball heavy pitcher, maybe Jackie Bradley Jr. can have some success. And maybe that's what the Blue Jays see here. Or maybe they know something in his game that they can uh, they can change him. But it did not surprise me one bit when he became available that the Blue Jays tried to acquire Jackie Bradley Jr. I absolutely love this. Um, it's about time George Springer has a suitable replacement defensively and even at the plate. I know that JBJ's numbers aren't backed up by, you know, good numbers this year. But as a J fan, as a guy who's watched American League East baseball for, you know, years now and, and know the division, I know what Jackie Bradley Jr. can do, you know, in the field and at the plate. Um, he certainly you know, lost a lot of his, his ability to hit for contact. I never sought him out as a 300 hitter by any means. And even some of the power's gone, but his legs are still there and his defense is excellent. He's going to give us such plus numbers out there. And yeah, late in situations, if we got a fastball heavy guy coming on the mound for the opposition and, you know, it's a right-hander, maybe we want to pinch hit a Merrifield or, you know, whoever's at the plate, well, certainly a Zimmer. Um, I would hope that he would be starting over Zimmer, but yeah, anyways, you never know. But I really like this addition, man. I mean, we got a great veteran center fielder um, coming into this team and I mean, it couldn't have came at a better time. We talked about outfield depth. No, we didn't get a Juan Soto. I mean, the price would have been just too heavy. But we got we got a freebie. And one of the best freebies I think you can get at this point. Obviously, you can't get the best for free. But at one point, Jackie Bradley Jr. was one of the most, you know, elite center fielders of the game, primarily because of his defense. And I think, you know, no matter he's he's gonna give us wins above replacement war wins above replacement i he might only hit 220 240 with us this year but um he's gonna do great things out in the field and like i said we gotta replace zimmer and if this is a guy that's gonna take innings over him sign me up for that yeah there's no such thing too as a bad waiver claim right there's nothing worst case scenario if it doesn't work you just dfa him again and you're no further behind than you were to start with uh, i'm excited to see jackie bradley jr he's gonna wear number 25 which was Charlie Montoyo's uh, number that he would wear here. And imagine telling yourself at the start of the year, showing that picture of Jackie Bradley Jr. wearing number 25. You'd have so many questions about what has gone on with his Blue Jays season to see that happen. So uh, excited to see what JBJ can do. And as mentioned, he had a 30-game hit streak in, uh, I think it was 2018, maybe 2017. So we know what's in there. We've just got to find it. In all accounts, he seems like he's excited to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him get into a game here coming up in this weekend series against Cleveland. Some other news and notes, Riley, Julian Merriweather made a rehab assignment with Dunedin. Now he only pitched one inning, but he struck out two. No hits, no runs, no walks, and 14 pitches. His fastball sat 97, but touched 99.2 at one point. Ross Stripling, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, is going to be making a rehab assignment for the Buffalo Bisons on Friday. And assuming that goes well, he'll be ready to rejoin this rotation after that. And I think we assume that it might be to take Yusei Kikuchi's spot in this rotation, but we'll see. And Tim Meza started playing catch yesterday. Now I say catch because he still has his dislocated in his catching arm. So he was able to throw, but he had to have somebody else catch the ball for him. Um, so it still seems, I guess that's not really playing catch, you know, but he uh, was playing throw. He was yeah, playing throw. Exactly. But he was there. He was getting some work and the team is still hopeful to have him back by the end of the month, or if not early September, I would definitely lean towards September than at the end of the month, but Jays are going to need Tim Meza. He's another just big weapon out of this pen. Uh, any major takeaways out of those three? Catch your eye. Yeah, certainly. Um, I love having lefties in the bullpen. One of the reasons because I couldn't hit off him. And Tim Mays is another guy who's got uh, good velocity and has seemed to, you know, if he has a blow up, it's kind of few and far between. He's actually done quite well uh, for our club this year. So, of course, you want him back. And again, Stripling, get him back because he was a guy 
it's been, you know, the love hate for this Blue Jays team this year has been our starting pitchers because I either love the guy or I hate the guy. Mm-hmm. I won't say who, I won't put names to it, but Ross Stripling more often than not ha- have loved him on the hill because guess what? He's been the absolute dark horse. Saw him coming out of nowhere. And um, yeah, now I love him on the mound to start the game. I mean, you can't you can't get this guy back fast enough for us, especially where we're at in the season, Jesse. I mean, starting pitching just far too important at this point. Yeah, and Ross Stripling has put together one of his best years, at least better than we thought he would coming into the year. So it's good to see from Ross Stripling. Uh, Riley, I don't have uh, much prospect notes. It's just that Orelvis Martinez can really crush baseball still. Jay's held on to him. He's still in New Hampshire. He just hit his 25th home run of the year for the Fisher Cats. Um, and then he hit 28 last year between high A and low A. So power binge is still there from Ravis Martinez. I don't think we're going to see him in the big leagues this year as he's still one of the youngest players in double A. But uh, maybe at some point next year, we'll see our Elvis Martinez with the big club. Don't ruin the kid. Let him sit there, Jesse. That's all I have to say. He's uh, he's a good young prospect for us. I mean, he'll be up. Yeah, Moreno's here this year. Let's only do one at a time, though. Let him let him play some July ball next year and see where he goes if he's ready for the September. You know, he'll get his cup of coffee next year, Jesse, I'm sure. That's if we don't trade him in the offseason, but we'll see how that goes. Well, with that being said, Riley, the Jays now, they're going to return home. We're going to hopefully get back to our winning ways as we're getting a three-game weekend series against the Cleveland Guardians. Jays played Cleveland earlier this year in the start of May, and uh, this was the first time the Jays really had their first like kind of downslide for a little bit of the season. Cleveland took three out of four against Toronto. I don't remember a lot about that series, but I remember Fran Mel Reyes, who had been terrible all year, actually got hot for a series. And he's been bad. He's been DFA'd now by uh, Cleveland. But I remember he tore up the Blue Jays in that series and they lost three out of four. So we're hoping for a little bit better against Cleveland as we uh, go into this series here. Game one is going to be Jose Barrios, who was supposed to start game three at the doubleheader, but because of the rain out, they pushed it back. So he will now start at home where the split say Barrios performs much better. So I think that is a W there. Game two will be Kevin Gosman against Tristan McKenzie. And game three, as of now, says Yusei Kikuchi against Shane Bieber, but I'd imagine we will skip Yusei Kikuchi, maybe throw Mitch White in that place instead to take on Shane Bieber. And Riley, any thoughts on this series? How do you think we're going to do? And yada, yada. I think we're going to take two out of three. They're going to be hard-fought games. And again, if we score five runs who gives up five earned runs or six earned runs coming back here. Buds and Blue Jays um, Sunday night is getting a big old thumb right. down. I can <laughs> tell you that, Jesse, because I'm going to be, I mean, I'd be watching for that kind of stuff, man. Um, yeah, they're coming back with, I like that McKenzie guy. He's pretty good too. And if they're throwing Shane Bieber, I mean, I know we've hit him well before, but you never, you never know with ace pitchers like that, man. They could just light it up in no time. So it's, it's a series we got to get on the bats and again you know you just hope you just cross your fingers jesse that two of our starting pitchers put up at least close to a quality start man and that's what we're going to hope for right i think um this blue jays offense is going to do its thing against you know some good pitchers for cleveland tristan mckenzie and shane bieber are no slouches but guys that the blue jays should be able to take care of here and uh yeah if the jays can score five runs a game like you said i think the blue jays should be able to do quite well in this series i'm thinking it's two out of three as well but i i kind of want to call a sweep but i'm not feeling that confident i think two out of three is the right way to go well that'll do it for our episode here today thanks to everyone for tuning in be sure to like and subscribe to the video and leave us a five-star review on uh, those podcast streaming platforms as they do help new blue jays fans find the show Sorry for the lackluster energy and stuff. I think Riley and I are suffering from heat stroke or we're a little under the weather here today. So 
maybe not the same energy, but we're sticking through it just like the Blue Jays have got to stick through it going through the rest of this series here. And uh, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Yeah, I mean, you're, you got, you're a bit like, you know, groggy, whatever. I'm just, I'm just sunburned all to, to uh-huh. heck. I'm about to go jump in a bucket of ice, a huge bucket of ice and, and just cool right down. And um, hopefully as I cool down tomorrow, I can tune into a game where I see something else heating up. I mean, we're going to need it. We're at the point in the year, Jesse, where losses almost mean more to w- than wins. Like mm-hmm. we're fighting the wild card. We know that the Yankees are going to win the division. I mean, I know we're close. I know it was single digit numbers there for a while, but let's be realistic here. We're fighting against three or four other teams and those games, man, are so important. We got to start with Cleveland and keep on rolling till September. And it's absolutely important that the Blue Jays to get that home field advantage in the first game of the series. We need to stay in the top wild card spot too, because one, Jose Brios has been much better at home. And two, we run the risk of if it is Seattle, then Robbie Ray can't come here and pitch against us and a few of the other uh, unvaccinated players. So it's very important that the Blue Jays can maintain pace here and they can uh, stay in that top wild card spot. But yeah, that'll do it for us here today. Let's go Blue Jays. Let's hope we get a big series win against Cleveland. Thanks, guys.